The subject for the evening talk is going deeper into daily life. And I would like to express appreciation initially for opportunity to come to, to be here to see a number of old friends and to uh, speak once again. And the, the thought did pass through my mind as I arrived here an hour ago that this is um, my second appearance on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I would like us to, uh, to explore with you a, li a little the uh, daily life situation. And you might say that awareness, spiritual awareness in life is towards an inquiry which enables us to see in a fresh way. And this will be the general kind of theme, shall we say, of the talk this evening. I feel sometimes that we don't realize, hello Timothy, <laughs> that we don't realize how we as human beings are conditioned by the social world, the social reality in which you and I participate in every day. And we perhaps don't realize, especially if we spend all of our life, our great, the great bulk of our life, living within our, what we call, Western framework, within our industrialized and, and technological, technological world. And this whole world, immediate world, which you and I participate in every day, to an alarming degree, shapes and fashions and conditions and manipulates the way that we are, the way that we live, what we do, what we value, and frequently we live in the kind of uh, supposition or in a thin veneer of believing that we are very independent-minded people. And it seems rather necessary and vital for us, and I think particularly us as people living in the Western world, to really step back from all that we are, all that we do, and really start looking all over again in a completely fresh way. <coughs> I would say that among the many features and characteristics of a socially conditioned mind is one which may ring bells with a number of us, and that is the 
seeming desirability to pursue a particular goal or goals in life. And this attraction, if not preoccupation, if not obsession, to go after particular goals in life is, has such a hold on our consciousness that we frequently feel, think and act as though that is the only reason for one's existence. To basically, and sim put it simplistically, to go after what one wants no matter what the cost. Sometimes <coughs> more caring and thoughtful people and such uh, people, I'm sure, as yourselves, we may shift our goals from ones which are more ruthlessly and crudely ambitious to ones which seem to be, shall we say, more socially acceptable. We're still in the same pattern. Heart and mind and thought and speech is still fixing things to go after and secure a better way of life, better prospects, a more successful relationship, a, a deeper meditation, a enlightenment experience, or whatever it is that entertains us. And we make that some particular end, and we fashion ourselves around pursuing it. And then we find ourselves so easily in life simply going from one to the other. And the world that we live in keeps offering you and I fresh goals. Fresh things stand up, stand out, socially conditioned, coming in from the world and saying to you and I at many min in many levels, this is worth having, this is worth getting, this is worth going after. And I would say that our heart and mind and thought is so socially conditioned in this way that even to shed a little doubt on this way of living frequently brings up the response inside of us, well, if you don't go after goals, what's the use of getting out of bed in the morning? You can't do anything unless you have a, a goal to work for and something to strive for. And sometimes with our goals, we set, we set these goals up, generally speaking, in the future. 
and we want to achieve something. Perhaps even here and now, you have something in mind, I have something in mind. We want to, want to, to get to something. And the more we think about that particular end, the more its importance builds up for us. It's very important, this, you know. The, it doesn't have an importance in itself. The importance it has, how big something looms in our life, is how big we have made it. It's not in itself, it's how we have made something to be big, to be important, to be whatever. And so, through the socially conditioned mind, this goal or goals is set up, and then we're in the situation of trying to find ways and means to secure it. There's no peace this way. There's never peace in life living like this. Because either we don't succeed and therefore blame must be found, reaction must be found. I'm useless, I'm worthless, I can't do it, I'm not ready, it's too much, why do I set myself up like this, etc., etc. Or, if it's not found inwardly, the blame for not succeeding gets generated frequently outwardly. To him, to her, to them, to the government, to the system, to whatever. There's rather a nice piece of graffiti which kind of illustrates this in, in um, 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 England. It says, which is a kind of reflection of what's happening in um, this tired old country across the Atlantic. It says, in America, they have Ronald Reagan, Johnny Cash, Bob Hope and Stevie Wonder. <laughs> and in Britain, we have Mrs. Thatcher, no cash, no hope, and no wonder. But I shan't go into the politics of all of that, but anyway. <laughs> so we set up this particular end, this desirable end. We m build it up, we make it into something for us. Perhaps we fail. It doesn't work out, we don't accomplish this particular drive. Fault frequently seems to be found, either inwardly or outwardly. And either that leads to feeling down, depressed, all the usual emotional, psychological conditions, or not having learnt anything from this experience, we then set up a new one. <laughs> Thinking that the next one, it won't be quite like the old, and we'll 
achieve wonders. And we have created, to keep this whole mythology going, countless numbers of heroes, religious, political, spiritual, social, environmental, entertainment, etc., 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 all of whom, in some way or other, become symbols of those who had goals and went after them and got them and all the acclaim which went with it. <coughs> and this <coughs> mythology, it's only mythology, keeps feeding itself. And then sometimes, one might almost say in this day and age, miraculously, this particular goal, which was the object of interest and pursuit, the, the, the success story, does, to some degree or other, occur. One succeeds. One gets what one wants from success, mostly other people, to give attention to oneself. Um, it gives some feeling of success in oneself, and in some forms of success, which I've never quite comprehended, one has some letters, either after one's name or before. <laughs> it's as though we're not satisfied with the number of letters in our name. We, we, anyway. And so the, there is this, and there is with it, a very short-lived experience of relief. That's what, that's what success is. It's relief. It's, re <laughs> it's a relief from the continuous struggle to be successful. So we have our ten minutes of relief. <laughs> Nothing yet been learned. And once again we start the whole bandwagon rolling and away we go. <laughs> and at the end of this life saga, <laughs> there's this horrendous interruption called death. <laughs> Some become Buddhists and Hindus to get around it. <laughs> Rebirth, reincarnation, so I can keep it going. <laughs> and so this kind of movement, inner movement, creates this, but also simultaneously, I hope I've said enough to get some doubts going somewhere, that simultaneously there is also fragmentation. We, we've isolated an idea, an image, a thought, an objective, separated it from the vastness of totality, made it the be-all and end-all of our existence. We put all our eggs, or a number of our eggs, in this particular basket, and with this, we live in incredible blindness.
And one wonders, can there ever be any deep peace if we continue to live this way? And one of the people on the retreat, I don't think he'll mind me referring uh, to him, and that one person, as anything in life, you probably must have noticed, if you have any group situation, what any person, I've noticed and have felt, any person says, it's never just what one person is saying, his or her view actually speaks for lots of people, and just one person verbalizes it, but it's reflecting the position of m many of us. And some people say something which is, sounds very odd or weird or very bizarre or whatever, and we say, fancy saying that! <laughs> In the but basically the difference is, he or she had the courage to say it, and we think it, but we won't say it. But anyway, so this person came to, <coughs> in what we call the, what I call the interview. It's a different from going to see the priest. <laughs> and, um, and in this interview, two people looking at something together, this person said to me, and I had mentioned goals just um, briefly, he said to me, look, he said, I'm very disturbed by what you've said to me, because I've got three businesses, <laughs> and these three businesses, my whole life is in these three businesses. And he said, what happens if I keep looking and inquiring and, and questioning about my goals? He said, what's going to happen to my businesses? <laughs> and I said to him, either you'll have to look at what the motive is behind the business, or your relationship to it. How are you, how are you relating to your particular business. And, I, and he said, well, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? And uh, I said, if your business has one primary objective and nothing else really matters, and that primary objective is profit, and that's your goal, to make as much profit for you and your company directors as possible. And I said, if you keep inquiring, your heart is going to go out of your business. And he, uh, he stopped, he said, he said, I was disturbed before I came in. <laughs> and he said, I'm much more disturbed now I'm going out. <laughs> That's what one is questioning. And, and, and when we stop and we start questioning, it can be very difficult and certainly very painful because we may be questioning the underlying motive that we have given to our existence. And that's where friends and support and contact with like-minded people and investigation and awareness and meditation and all the countless resources become extraordinarily valuable for a human being who is, who is saying, I've seen what's been happening in my life, 
I don't want to continue in that form or in that kind of relationship to life. I don't feel I can do it myself. I need the support. Just as, as someone pointed out, just as in the Alcoholics Anonymous program, wonderful program, those 12-step uh, programs, the addiction is alcohol. In this case, we're talking about the addiction is goals. It's exactly the same. There's not a scrap of difference between the two. Another person may ask, one, one may ask, but if I don't have goals, what am I going to do? And perhaps herein we, have, we can have a, there is a necessity for us really to stop and just look again and be with the difficulty and the pain and the confusion which, and confu confusion I regard as one of the most valuable human mind states. It may not be experienced as being very valuable and it seems rather unproductive but confusion is, in one way, is when the past isn't working anymore, one doesn't know what the new is, and one's right there in between, this is called confusion. And if we can bear, with support and friends and contact and resources, bear with the confusion, perhaps there's the possibility of beginning to see completely afresh. in which we're acutely aware of the tendency to fix goals and fix existence in them. And surely we have enough awareness and responsibility to see that every message we get, not every, but frequent number of them is towards pursuing, getting, going after, succeeding. <coughs> and people, neither people nor planet, can handle this compelling activity of human beings to go and get, no matter what the cost, emotionally, personally, socially, politically, internationally. So in, in, in finding and exploring ways to break out of this mold, perhaps awareness has the opportunity to really open itself out from a non-personalized awareness, me and what I want, to one which has a, a broader or deeper dimension to it. And we might ask ourselves, what kind of goals have I got? Is, is, is that goal or goals working in, in such a way that 
perhaps I'm frequently abusing my relationship to life. What I mean by that is, we look at the living present with all of its diversity of life and form and so forth, and when we've just got this end or end in mind, and we're not going deeper into daily life, this living present, with all of its beauty and extraordinariness, simply is perverted by us into a means for something else. Not, we don't pay respect to, for, to life. We're not, we're not expressing reverence for life because it's simply being adapted to what I want from her, him, this, that, or whatever. And it seems, therefore, it's rather as though our whole sense of life has got to undergo a total shift round in which means and end, this for that, becomes secondary. Not denying it, not saying no goal or anything and go falling into an extremism, but it's not the primary way of living. And that the shift which takes place within us is, let's take it one day at a time. Let's feel our way into every day. And if we can do that, perhaps perhaps in our constant move towards, what happens with that is that we constantly neglect, correspondingly, many everyday things of life. Getting up in the morning and experiencing the day and seeing the sky and the earth and the trees and the flowers and giving real care and attention to each communication, when we're compelled with regard to the future, all which counts, all which we really can develop and learn from, is neglected through the, because of a strictly socially conditioned mind which lives in the mythology that it's independent. <coughs> and in our working to make that change and, and seeing into that, perhaps that which truly is concerned with daily life, awareness, love, reverence, connectedness, seeing into, freedom, expansiveness, and all that the heart truly yearns for becomes accessible. And so you and I may, from day to day, carry on doing the same things, with our home life, our relationships, our work life, our leisure life, if we, if we know that there's a certain <coughs> integrity in all of that. 
yet with it can be this fullness within it all. Such fullness that it makes goals seem like a little spark out of the fire. And perhaps therein we give true justice to life, true justice to ourselves, true justice to the environment, true justice to the totality. May all beings live in peace. May all beings live in harmony. May all beings live in peace and harmony. So let's, uh, let's just sit together, shall we, for four or five minutes, just quietly together. And then if there are any questions or comments, or if you uh, wish to go and have a pizza somewhere, please do.
So if there are any questions, comments, points for a little exploration together. Please, yes. relationship to life and our <coughs> inner world, our inner men mental life. Certainly if we engage in a whole variety of practices, let us say, which are available to us, certainly we can see, <laughs> should we say, development in the mind, um, certain qualities coming out of our heart, and all the benefits which come. But I'm not sure if that's what it's all about. I would regard all of that as being incidental. One appreciates, of course, etc., etc., but not what really matters. Yes, yes, yes. I've been working at a job for seven years. Mm. I'm very thorough and um, I value a certain degree of independence. So mm. in it, I've been sort of creative and I sort of kind of take care of the other people who work there in some weird way. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, I'm not, stri I don't have a career mm. mind no. as others do. Well, consequently, the group that I'm working in, which used to be 12 people, is now 54 and it's growing to 70. <coughs> and many of the other people have mm. shifted positions and are very making a lot more money and, you know, mm. very successful and so on. And I'm basically kind of in the same position that I was before. Mm. They're happy with what I'm doing and I'm beginning not to be happy with what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, how have I, <laughs> how is not having a goal there benefited me? <laughs> Maybe it's not a fair question. <laughs> I don't have all the information. Yeah. Um, 
in live in working in a situation like that in which there is um, an expanding organization people going uh, up the ladder and in that with that movement of going up the ladder almost inevitably when one doesn't have that kind of ambition yet still at some level of oneself one finds oneself internalizing what others are doing and this brings um, self-image of questioning or doubt or self-rejection or unhappiness because one is viewing in comparison to and it's not easy to keep one's feet on the ground and to have trust and be and really be be steady with that because there are the visible signs of success you know the the, the, the coat and the BMW and these various other symbols of inner poverty and <laughs> and and things which are sorry if anybody's got <laughs> I forgot I was in America. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry about that, Larry. You, you, you'll lose your donation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, to e and what happens is that uh, signs of success which are more tangible, hmm? and those deeply important areas of affection, support, uh, friendship, empathy, the capacity to listen, to, if one starts internalizing the social conditioning around oneself, one forgets what's of primary importance. Don't forget. <laughs> right. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I said at Barry at the centre once, that last year, I said, um, um, something like people who own Cadillacs and those other symbols of inner poverty. And someone came up to me after the talk. You know, you say something, then you want to kind of take it back. <laughs> it's too late. And the person said, came up and said, uh, Christopher, there are two Cadillacs in the car park at Barry. All right. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Questions, please. Yes, please. I have a question about what you said um, about taking it one day at a time. Yes, please. Um, I find in, in my life that I, um, I I take on chunks of responsibility, like mm. I'm going to teach a course. Yes. And um, there are some days where I, I really feel like I would rather not and look at the papers. And, um, and, and taking it one day at a time, one day at a time um, would get me in trouble in, mm. terms of, uh, what, in terms of my work. Yes. So I'm, how do you balance responsibility at work with um, taking it, just taking what comes to you in a fresh way all the time? Mm. It, it's... 
Um, it's not necessarily that one is taking what comes to us in a fresh way, because there's also what comes from us in a fresh way as well. But simple uh, actuality of life is that it is one day at a time. That's the, that's, that's the human condition, the human fact, the daily life fact. And our neglect and forgetfulness with regard to this means that we, we lose the great freedom that can be found in living one day at a time. And in losing this freedom, we end up in a substitute world. A substitute world which neglects the great freedom of real living and puts in its place a whole conceptual world. Thought, speech, words, and we make this conceptual world, this language world, as what's really important. And this causes pain because human beings end up believing that the appearance is the true. Tomorrow is a thought. It's a word. Certainly we have to relate to it and use it, but when we believe and give it some implicit self-existence, some reality, we are lost and in human, human beings are lost, are seeing the appearance as the real we suffer and we suffer endlessly through living like this. Please, yes. I'd like you to comment, uh, because you keep mentioning America or the Western world or industrialization. Yes. Or, and uh, my, I think we have different goals here. Mm. Uh, but. I see very poor people in other parts of the world, or even here, having goals, oh, yes. which were, would be different from mine. Mm. So I'm wondering if you would comment on and why you think right. it has to do with industrialization or capitalism or whatever it is you mm. think it has to do with it. <coughs> yeah. Um, in speaking of the Western world, it wasn't in any way intended, although I can understand why you would think so intended to compare it with any other world, the Third World or the East, which has got us rife with injustice, poverty, suffering, insensitivity, every imaginable level. And there's nothing there to be idealistic about with regard to that. What I was saying, and therefore there are just as, as you say, goals there and etc., etc., but as I was saying, with, within our world, because of the tremendous hype which gets directed at us, it seems like if we're not striving for something, we're wasting our life. Success is the value system imposed upon us, and it's success in a particular mode, which emphasizes goals. 
So n not speaking of in terms of uh, other societies and etc., uh, etc., et they have their countless fears and superstitions and problems, etc. But for us, we only have to look at, the ad look at the advertising. Look at what comes off the goggle box every night, telling us what we should have. Look at, look at the obsession we have about money. People can have so much money and never, ever feel any relaxation with regard to it. It's never enough. saying that. You're saying that there's something that transcends having goals that is more important. Yes. More yes. And that the transcendence of having goals and is such that the socially agreed activities like having goals falls into place. It isn't the be all end all for existence. That's that's what I'm saying. There's something Expensive, which embraces means and end. Please. So it's kind of like the process of almost, I want to say, achieving a goal. That, hmm. that is what you're talking about. That yes. one can create a process of being mindful as you're perhaps achieving a goal. I mean, that, that's why I'm getting yes. a little confused. All right. In our being mindful and bringing. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.